know we gonna understand that we are put on earth to love. That's all it's about. Everybody wanna figure out how complicated life is and, and break it down. This is what I truly think. I, I really think that it's gonna keep going on War gonna keep going on, frustration gonna keep going on, anger gonna keep going on, till we finally go back down to the simplest word. Spawnerby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn on Me podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What the deal be? I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're having a wonderful Saturday. We are recording the show a little bit later than usual. Uh, we had a fairly compacted week uh, with a lot of stuff happening, lots of things going on all at the same time. Uh, so it was a little bit difficult getting the show. And to be fair, like I wasn't really feeling that great. I wasn't feeling up to making content. I wasn't feeling good in my body. My body wasn't feeling right. Um, and I always feel like it's, it's important. I think a lot of conversations have been happening of late about how, you know, content creators get into a space where they want to continue to be on. It's like being on is the thing to do and always being there for the community and always being there for your content and always being there for your audience. And I think sometimes you have to take a step back and say, am I trying to put out the best kind of content with the energy that I have. And I think that is really important. So we took a little bit longer to get the show out. This show will probably be going out later on, on Saturday, uh, as opposed to our usual Friday launches. Um, but please support it. I think, you know, I think it's a part of the equation as well for folks to be able to say, um, if you're not feeling great and if you don't feel like you can put out your best work at that moment in the days that you're usually supposed to, it's okay to take a little bit of time away give yourself a moment to kind of recoup, get your mind right, literally, and then feel like you can come to the stage with um, everything in its right position. So I, I, I want to thank everybody for their patience uh, for, for, for the show not being out um, on its usual Friday morning schedule. Uh, but we're here right now. We're rocking it uh, right now here on Saturday. Today is 9-11. We'll be talking a little bit about that towards the end of the show. Um, but um, I, I wanted to share that quick note from Kendrick in the beginning of the episode because I, I'm I'm feeling a lot of that uh, this month and especially with the energy that's been going on around in the world and feeling the way that I have been feeling and tied my body and in my mind and my soul. I want more people to, f- to focus on love. I want more people to focus on good energy. I want more people to focus on the positive things that are going on in their lives when we have a world that is so full of this this negative want for everything to be negative this want for everyone to focus on the negative we see it happen in so many layers of what we do every day we see it happen with the systems that we engage with we see which systems also incentivize negativity and i want to push back on that with the show i want to push back on that with my life i want to push back on that with my community it was all of you in our spawn me audience i think all of you are here for a purpose. Um, this is not some religious rant because uh, I'm an atheist, so it doesn't work like that. But I believe all of you are here for a purpose. I think all of you here have dopeness within you. I think all of you have a space to continue to put out good energy into the world. And I want to work with you together to be able to do that. And I want to be a force for good on this planet. So that being said, um, I am very excited about Everything that's been happening of late, I think this has been a super dope, super amazing time uh, for a lot of things that have been going down of late. I think it's been so fun and fantastic to be able to have, you know, our last show do really well. I think there's been great conversations about like not only what that looks like from a, you know, a a listener perspective, but that looks like from a viewer perspective, what that looks like from, um, um, our show looking about what we're trying to do in the future. Um, there's been lots of conversations happening, uh, since we've last been on, I think one of the things that I wanted to dig into, uh, before we jump into the four one one is shout out to our friend, Wreck-It Raven, 
for everyone who pumped their fist, took their day off for Twitch Do Better, a day off Twitch. Um, it was it was awesome to see the solidarity across the black and brown, marginalized, underrepresented spaces to be able to see so many dope people come together, use their voices or not use their voices for a day um, and use that energy to, 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 to really say something about their own personal worth. I think that is extremely important, too, when we have these conversations about platforms and streaming and you know who's getting beat down by the system and who are the bad actors and all of those things i think we get a chance to also refocus what that means for the individual and i think that to me is extremely important i think every person who stood up and said switch we want you to work at doing the things that you can to make all of us feel safe so that we can enjoy this space and enjoy our place in this ecosystem is extremely important. So I, I want to give Wreck-It Raven massive amounts of props for continuing to push and, and continuing to um, use their voice in a way that is is powerful, um, is, is is monumental. Um, and, and it feels like, you know, even if it, you know, who knows if it moves the needle in, in, in the directions that we really want them to, but I feel like even if they, even if they don't in the biggest ways, it was a force for good that definitely put a spotlight on a thing that needed a spotlight on it. That is always important. That is never not important. That is always going to be a thing that I, I will support with the fullest ability that I can, because that is what this show was founded on. This show was founded on, um, you know, being able to do that work in those ways um, and, 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 and push forward in a, in a bigger, smarter, more thoughtful uh, way in the gaming industry and within the content creation spaces. So shout out to Wreck-It Raven for that. Um, alongside that, I think a conversation that I have been having internally in my own brain and in my own mind with some friends has been, what does the future of Spawn to me look like um, when it comes to where we do this work? Um, this isn't an announcement, not yet, because uh, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I think what I have been talking about to other folks and other spaces and other people has been, is Twitch the space that is best suited for what kind of content that I do? Um, and that is really up in the air. Uh, you know, I've been having, you might've seen a tweet that I put out <clears throat> a little bit earlier uh, today on, on the 11th of September um, that basically told people like, Hey, if you're thinking about moving off platform and you are a partner or an affiliate, there are some things you need to be paying attention to, not even just for your own personal safety, but for your own, like, uh, not burning bridges conversations and not doing some of the work that um, you would want to do if you want to move hastily. I think everyone has to move smart and you have to kind of figure out good ways to do that work in ways that make sense for you and for your content and for your audience. Um, but I've really been thinking about what the potential move to YouTube gaming would look like from a show perspective. And it may be a thing that winds up happening sometime soon. So a little bit of um, behind closed doors information for all of you is we do a podcast. You all know that we don't game on our channel as much as a lot of people do. Uh, you know, our show is a once a week kind of show um, that pulls in all the all the information from around the, the gaming space for our conversations that we have. It doesn't really lend to us doing multiple shows a week um, unless we did like a special show. So like, you know, if I started the show on our usual Wednesdays, you know, I would have talked about a whole bunch of different things and then waited for the Thursday Sony showcase and then did another show. Then I work a nine to five job. I like spending time with my family and my wife. I like having time in my weekends for myself. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense for me as a, as a human being making content, right? It, you know, everybody's trying to get themselves bigger and make themselves bigger, uh, uh, you know, me included, but I'm also at this space in my career where I'm trying to figure like, what's the way to work smarter and not harder. Um, and one thing's, and one thing that I always do every week is, uh, you know, I've been not great about uploading our show to YouTube because you got to finish the show. You got to edit the show. 
you got to edit the audio, you got to edit the video, you got to push it up, you got to make sure your thumbnails are ready. And that takes a that takes a minute to get all that stuff together, especially if we do a show on a Wednesday night, which is like usually 6 p.m. PST. That means I'm up to like 11 to 12, getting all the stuff together to go out in a reasonable amount of time. Um, the other layer of that is that Twitch isn't a platform for VOD content. It's just not like if you're looking at our show after it's been up, after we've done the live show, bless you. Thank you for, for doing that because it's not a lot of people who do that. But I think we're hoping that that will be a particular thing that well, that happens if we go over to YouTube gaming. So, or YouTube period and live stream that way. I can do the live show on that Wednesday night. Um, do I may not, you know, the way that the show kind of runs now, I don't really have to do a lot of editing because I knock all that out in terms of the, the live show. If I'm doing it right, teaching. Um, but, uh, that is also a thing that I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm like worried that I'm not getting content out for the potential YouTube lift that we could get, which hopefully comes back into you know, our audio, you know, podcast and people listening to it there, or at least putting the YouTube stuff on in the background and, and, and giving us some views there. Um, so that's a part of the conversation that has been happening in my own mind of late. So if you see me tweeting out about stuff around, like, um, you know, check out your contract from YouTube and Twitch and all this kind of stuff. It's not like me being out there talking shade about Twitch or any of that kind of stuff. Cause I, you know, even with all the hate rate stuff and all the things that have been happening in the past couple of months and not in months, but years. I love my Twitch fam. Like the people who I've gotten a chance to work with at Twitch over the years who I will seriously say this. Cause I think this is important to say as well. Cause I think a lot of people don't remember, you know, how much stuff we've done with Twitch. Right. So like, and mind you as a show that streams probably once like four times a month, right on Twitch. We've been a Twitch ambassador. We've been a Twitch partner. We've had our, I've been on the streams with the Olympics. Uh, I've done work and had my face plastered across a New York city billboard. Uh, there are lots of perks we've done, you know, uh, um, uh, Twitch NFL. Uh, we work with the NFL. We did, uh, you know, all the black history months kind of stuff. We've done so many different things with, um, with Twitch that I never want to disconnect those thoughts to what the platform has done for me, my visibility and the show's visibility for a show that if you think about how Twitch works, we're doing it all wrong <laughs> in terms of the way that Twitch actually works. So it is not lost on me that I have a lot of friends in, in good places who really care about the work that we do and really have put us in a great position to, 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 to lift up, you know, myself and other people, we wouldn't have had um, a lesson in blackness, you know, it would have happened, but Twitch and other folks got behind it in a way that let it move into a direction where the whole industry was talking about it and it moved the industry forward. Right. So I think when I, when I talk about potentially leaving the platform, I'm thinking about that not only for me and for my workflow and, and, and the things that I want to accomplish. I think about that for all of you as our community of asking you to potentially move over with us. And we'd love for that to be a thing, you know, if that happens. Um, but right now, the things that wind up that I would wind up losing is a lot of stuff that a lot of people have worked really hard for. And I don't want to disregard that too. There are a lot of people who hold partnership in a very high regard. They're like the work that it took to get there, how many times I got uh, told no and, and all that stuff. Me potentially giving up all of that stuff isn't a thing that I take lightly because partnership gives you a lot of perks that a lot of people don't get. But as a human being and as a person with a brand and a person who wants to be able to kind of do this work, I'm not beholden to any platform. Like, I just don't believe in that. If I, if I, if I had the money and the means to do it, I wouldn't be on anything. I'd have my own platform. I have my own distribution way of sending out all these conversations to everybody out in the world. And hopefully people would come to it. Um, so I think that's a part of the, 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 the conversation in the equation, right? So there are a lot of, a lot of parts to it that I, that I'm thinking about, 
trying to be thoughtful about and trying to figure out good ways to um, connect those dots in, in, in better and smarter ways. So um, uh, I'm just watching a couple of things in chat that go by. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to be able to talk about this. Uh, Greg Hazy says, you know, my thoughts on this car already, but I vibe with what you're saying. I think about think about smart gain with less pain, reconfiguring your strategies of natural path to growth and personal prosperity. Yeah, like I, I think at this point, Spawn on me has probably like, you know, depending upon where things go, you know, probably another five years uh, in, in the space of like before I feel like I'm not adding anything else to the conversation that the young kids aren't. Um, so I'm thinking about the the next five years in the in the kind of ways that we think about that stuff. And that, that's full transparency. That's not like saying, well, I'm going to be gone. So don't come back <laughs> and, and listen to the show and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that there's a place where where all of that is in the mix. And I want to keep you all a, a part of that conversation. One last thing before we before we pivot, if you and, I, and I'll share this because I think this is a good place to share it as well, because I'm I'm kind I'm, I'm coming across this right now in terms of wanting to think about moving off platform or what that thinks what that looks like from a nuts and bolts uh, perspective. Go send your Twitch legal an email. I think it's legal at twitch.tv. Ask them for when, if you're a partner or an affiliate, ask them for when your contract renews. Because if you don't ask them and you try to leave and just dip off platform and start doing stuff wherever you want, um, you're breaching your contract, which is always bad. Um, I don't think Twitch is in a position to sue um, or is going to sue creators for leaving the platform. They may say you can't come back. They may say you can't stream on our platform if you decide to come back. But I, I don't think like they're going to sick their lawyers on you and be like, well, you broke your contract, so you, you, you can't. We're going to, there's a monetary thing on that, especially if you're not as big as we are. Like, we're not that big. If that was like a Lupo or Dr. Disrespect or whatever else when they were streaming, there may be like a financial consequence there because of the contracts that are embedded within the stuff that they do. But for us, it probably wouldn't be a thing. So what that means for us is you have to put in a 90 day notice that basically bumps up to the date that you are going to renew. So if you're doing a thing, ours renews literally on 9-11. So ours renews today. I would have had to have gone back three months and said, hey, I don't want my contractor auto renew. So I could have been now in September streaming on another platform. Um, so remember that. Um, because that's a big deal. That's a big deal uh, where you have to have had that far thought ahead of time to see what that what that looks like. If you see how people moved off platform, that was strategic. That wasn't just like now's the day to go do it. There were timings and stuff that probably went along with that. So re remember that too. For us, if we were to leave now, we'd be breaching our contract. Um. I don't want to do that, but I also seriously don't want to necessarily have to wait a full year to potentially move my stuff over. I'm still trying to figure out the best ways to do that. One of the ways that maybe it might work for me to be able to do that and actually not breach my contract is to basically delete our whole channel on Twitch. That might be the only other way that we can do this um, in that way that that is uh, potentially a way you can do it. Um, you can't co-stream. Um, unless you are not, you can't co-stream as a affiliate or a partner. I found that out, uh, which is good to know. You can only do it as a creator. Um, so you can't do that part either. I asked those questions too. Um, so that's in the mix too. So it may be a thing where the spawn me channel on Twitch may just not exist anymore. If I decide to leave a little bit early, uh, I'll let everyone know ahead of time on social media. So please follow me at Khalif Adams on Twitter uh, at spawn on me on Twitter. Um, it's not sad. I don't think it's a sad thing. I don't think it's a, a bad thing. It's just the way that you'd have to do it so that you would not have to legally be in breach of contract. You can't really tell me to stream that I can't stream on your thing if I don't have an account. <laughs> so that may be the way that it winds up having to go. So I don't know yet. I'm still talking to friends from Twitch behind the scenes to see if there's some ways that we can continue to do some stuff. Um, I've wanted to always do um, original content on Twitch. I have lots of different things to think about um, in that respect. Um, 
But this is also a thing that I think, besides the like nuts and bolts of what that means uh, for um, not only us, but for you, like if you are a partner or an affiliate right now, these are things you should be thinking about alongside the conversation with um, safety and everything else that we are talking about for black and brown creators and how we want to figure out ways to expand how we're able to do the work. I've been saying that, you know, a lot of the things that have been in the conversation have been like revenue splits being better um, for people. Um, I would say this is also another issue that I think if you're going to talk to the platform now that they have their ears ready to listen in, an, in another way, I think they've always have. And there's like logistical reasons why things don't work. But I think if there's a thing that you should also be out there talking about publicly in a way that makes sense for you as a creator, this is another part of the, the conversation I think a lot of people are missing. Exclusivity is a is not a problem, but it slows your growth. That is never not going to be the case. The people who have moved over to YouTube right now who are doing that work, they got exclusivity, but they also got a huge, huge bag alongside that exclusivity. You are not going to get a huge bag from Twitch. That is just the way it works. There are very few creators who are going to be on this space who are going to get a big bag from Twitch. Understand that going in. Whatever you may see in terms of people getting con uh, uh, co contracts and stuff, you also have seen a lot less of the conversation. You're like, you remember when Lupo and Tim, the Tapman and Ninja signed those big contracts with Twitch? And they said, I'm stay Twitch is going to be the place I stay. They did that because it was a big bag on the line, right? And they got one, they had already grown on the platform and then they got a big bag. That's not going to happen for most contents uh, uh, and creators of color on this platform. That's not going to happen on YouTube either in a real way, right? There's just very few people who are going to get a big bag doing this kind of work. So I think this is the things that you should be fighting about verbally out loud when we're having these same conversations around safety, revenue splits, uh, finding new tools, that's exclusivity in being able to have Twitch tell you verbally in writing somewhere, Hey, your contract is about to your, your 90 day, uh, contract is about to, I'm sorry, the 90 day period before you can not renew your contract is coming up. Here's a notification that that's happening or your, your contract renews on this day. Do you want to stay? Go do that work now. Figure that stuff out. Put a calendar reminder somewhere so that if you ever do decide to leave, you're not putting yourself in a bad predicament. So I will leave you all with that because I think that that's extremely important to share. I think that's some behind the scenes stuff that a lot of people don't know. Um, and I think that that's a thing that is extremely important. Um, uh, MJA says, I find it quite disappointing that Twitch won't care if she leaves this platform, no matter how big or small, especially when they make such good content, et cetera. Here's the thing about that. So, and, and, the, and the folks who gave me information are, are amazingly good people. Like my, my, my person who I work with in terms of like having a, a, a voice at Twitch that I can go and ask questions from gave me all the good information that I can use to be able to do it. It sucks because I didn't have the forethought to think about that thing. But I would say a thing that I would also hope for is that like, look, <clears throat> I am a partner Twitch streamer. I am a, uh, I've never gotten a, I've never been banned on the platform. Um, I don't even think I've ever even got DMCA strikes. We are in like, if you're going to talk about, I'm a Twitch ambassador. If you want to talk about, I was the pod champ, like all this shit, right? All this stuff. If all those things are in there and I am in a good standing, that should account for something when you're like, Hey y'all, like I've put in my time. I would like to leave a little bit early Twitch legal because it's, again, it's like when you get to certain layers of it, there's a human level that gets kind of removed from it. They don't care about that part. And I think that also kind of sucks. Like if there's anybody who should be able to be like, all right, y'all, like I, I've, I've helped to be a good ambassador for the platform. 
I continue to speak well about what, what's happening here while also holding your feet to the fire. Like, let me go a little bit early so I can do what I need to do in, in other places. And to have people basically be like, nah, that kind of sucks. Again, that's not from the people who I who who've helped me with the process, but that's like from legal. Legal. I told them all that stuff in my emails. Like, these are all the things that I've done. And they were like, per the contract, nah, you can't. I understand that it's a slippery slope for them from a contractual perspective. They have to do that to make sure all those things are there. But that should be a thing that should be put into consideration. Like if there have been other folks who have been ambassadors to the space that have not done good work or as much good as work as good work as we've done, I would like to see it because we've done some really great work with Twitch for Twitch alongside Twitch on behalf of Twitch. So I would say that that's the thing that I find a little disappointing um, uh, to not be able to have the, the, the way to either renegotiate contracts or, uh, a way to, um, be let out of a contract in a reasonable amount of time. So I would say, again, these are all things that you should be thinking about things you should be talking about and things that you should be adding to the list of things that you ask Twitch to do or to reconsider or to think about, because those actually affect your bottom line if you're a business if you're a brand if you're a content creator who's looking to make this space something that you want to do semi you know part-time full-time uh whatever that may be so think about that uh we're gonna hit you all with the 411. So this week on the 411, we're going to talk all about the Sony showcase. The Sony showcase was fire. <laughs> it was extremely good. It was very, very good. I was having a blast watching it. They had some games on there that I did not expect to see. They had some stuff that I did expect to see. They had some surprises. They had some stuff that I was like, all right, Sony, like this is the future of gaming. Like this is what's, this is what's gonna go down. Like this is what's gonna happen moving forward and I'm here for it. Uh, a couple of games that stood out that made me extremely excited uh, is Forspoken. Um, this game looks like it is a mashup of, you know, uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank uh, mixed in with some elemental magic, mixed in with dope blackness, mixed in with uh, like a little bit of the Unreal Engine uh, demo that we saw some uh, a year or so ago. It looks gorgeous. This thing is wild. Thing I did not know that came out right after the conversation of this being shown, which again, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're watching us on Twitch right now, you're seeing the visuals that go along with this. Uh, a thing that didn't get talked about uh, in the showcase, but did get shared on Twitter afterwards is that not only is the fam Gary Witta helping to write this story, but one of my favorite creators in Amy Hennig is also a part of this project. So Amy Hennig, if you remember, was a part of the original uh, Uncharted series, worked at Naughty Dog for all those years, was working on a whole bunch of different things, a Star Wars game, all those kinds of things. Those two in combination, I am like excited beyond excited about what this potentially can be. Um, it looks ridiculously good. Always dope to have black women protagonists in anything that you make. Uh, it is it is so going to be interesting to see what this looks like, what this plays like, and what this is going to wind up being. I have no clue what it's supposed to be yet, but it just looks Ridiculous. I think one of the things that we've not had a conversation about yet is, and I think this is going to be a running theme across the, the games that I'm going to show, or at least talk about during the, the, the show today, is that I think there is a interesting space that we're going to wind up leaning into where I think every generation has this very specific... Um, like touchstone thing that it was. So like in the 16 bit era, you had the, you know, you had the whole thing around um, like audio. Audio was a huge part of, of what things kind of kind of brought to the table. You know, in the last two generations, it was all about graphics and about like how pretty can things look and how photorealistic things can look. 
I think in this era of gaming, it's going to be a mix of a couple of different things. It's going to be what's the visual, you know, visual layers of how things look and how, how pretty they can be, how realistic some things can be. It's going to be how elements kind of get displayed on, on screen. Again, that's a graphical thing. It's going to be, especially on the PS5, something about feel because of the dual sense. So like any game now that I get a chance to see, I'm like, well, what is the dual sense going to do within this game? Like, what is the controller going to do uh, for a game like this? Um, and Forspoken looks like a game that's going to definitely be using all of those things really, really well. I think the thing I'm noticing of late when I play my PlayStation 5 is just how well, like even the speaker within the controller works. Like it used to be an annoying thing on the previous generation where that speaker just made noises for no reason. Now it feels like it's very nuanced in the way that those things kind of come across, which I think is is, is super cool. But this like, uh, like huge fantastical world looks dope. It looks fantastic. I'm super excited to see what the story is gonna look like from a Gary Witta perspective. Um, and, and how those things are going to come through, like that is going to be very, very cool. I'm very excited about that for sure. So, uh, I am hyped about that. That's going to be a thing that I care about a lot. Uh, very excited for what that's going to wind up being. Um, next game up is something that I'm sure all of you were, were, were hoping for and excited about. Um, and that's Spider-Man two, Spider-Man two. Oh man, this game looks wild in terms of like, even just this initial thing that we see, which is going to come back to another conversation that we have to have about insomniac games, because insomniac y'all don't sleep. Yeah. Like I'm I'm like lighting botanica candles right now for y'all to like, get some sleep, get some rest because right now they've already put out ratchet and clank, which is one of the best games on the planet. They put out the first Spider-Man, they put out Miles Morales, which led the generation of the PS5. Spider-Man 2 now is going to drop with Miles in it, Spider-Man in it, and then the big reveal was Venom in it. What is happening? Like, they are doing some wild stuff in this space in a way that I'm just like, I don't even know what to do anymore about everything that you're all bringing to the, to the, to the table. It is, it is nuts to see exactly how all of these things are going to be coming to, to play. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly anymore, like how they're going to just continue to just build on stuff like this because it is, it is just nuts, nuts to see how they are doing this. It is going to be extremely cool to see uh, what this is going to wind up being. I wonder now when they have had a little bit more time on their hands to mess around with the PS five architecture, how different this game is going to visually look in comparison to miles Morales, uh, because that's always going to be that interesting thing. I think right now we're also seeing this, and this is going to be a part of the conversation with uh, the next game that we show. Um, but I, but I think this, I think right now the, the things that we're all going to try to figure out is like, are we actually seeing a big difference in visuals yet? And I still feel like it's a little bit early in the generation to really get all the good juice out of the console that you would want. Usually again, that happens towards the end of a generation. It doesn't happen in the beginning or right even in the moments where we have it right now. But I do think that there's going to be a real like like everyone's going to be kind of rocking a magnifying scope a magnifying glass up to their tv to be like what's the things that are making this different from what we saw last generation or even in the beginning of the generation which is going to be cool so spider-man 2 is going to be dropping in 2023 which is going to be wild um that's going to be cool as hell to see where that winds up landing i i'm wild excited for what that's going to be but the the most like there were two bangers that came out of, 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 of this whole thing, besides even the tiny, tiny Tina borderland stuff, which I, I'm not going to show today, but I'm actually really excited for, I love borderlands. I think that game was, that looks really good. Um, 
But before we show the last one, I, I gotta I gotta at least give you Insomniac doing it again to everybody, which which was nuts. So them coming through with the biggest surprise of the of the show, which I would say was them showcasing Marvel's Wolverine. I am I've lost my mind when it came to the fact that Wolverine was going to be a thing. I did not know that Wolverine was going to be a thing. I did not know that that was going to be a part of the conversation. But again, Insomniac is bugging with the amount of stuff that they put out into the world, the stuff that they're trying to do and the way that they're trying to make all this stuff happen. They are they are like killing it right now with that. The biggest game that everyone was really excited about was God of War Ragnarok. I, I, I Everyone talked about it was potentially going to be a thing. We didn't know if it was actually going to be a thing. At least get shown, at least now. Again, I, I still think since a lot of games are far out, so I think uh, Miles Morales, is, I'm not Miles Morales, Spider-Man 2 is going to be dropping in 2023. Who knows when... Wolverine is going to be dropping, but then now you see that Insomniac Insomniac is like getting all the Mar- Marvel IP, which is great. Um, I'm just like, I, I, I don't want to say no now to them. I'm just like, I don't care. Whatever Marvel Universe stuff you want, go get it. Like, you've proven yourself. There's nothing you can say now that's like, you can't do it. So I have full... Full hope that that's the case. Uh, Dark Knight in the chat says, I hope that Wolverine is, is M-rated. I pray to everything in the world that that thing is M-rated. I want that thing to be gory and terrible and gross. Um, I just don't know if Insomniac will do a game like that. Um, so so that'll be an interesting thing. God of War Ragnarok looks gorgeous. Uh, it's been so interesting to see the scuttlebutt around on the internet about like what people are excited about for this game. Uh, people were talking about, look at this boat animation. It's the same as the same game as previously. And I was like, you're all on crack. Uh, this game looks ridiculous. It doesn't really come through, even in the 4K that they showed. The Like, if you go back on YouTube afterwards and see the 4K versions of it. Um, I, um, I, I don't know if the visual fidelity for a game like this is going to come through. Until we get to see scale again i think the i think the i think like from a behind the character perspective we've already gotten to a place where everything just looks really really pretty um i'll be honest when i saw the i saw this uh, um trailer it didn't like fully give me the whole like oh my god like i didn't have the like this is changing the game kind of thing, which usually is what happens when Sony Santa Monica puts out a thing. Um, it does look really good. And I wonder it's, it's all going to be, you know, this all encompassing kind of um, experience. But even now at this point, we've hit this level of visual quality that, and especially with the new art style for this game, it's going to take a little bit more to weirdly impress me. Like there's this really dope part, right? Where Kratos meets tear and he stands up in front of him. And he's like much bigger than Kratos. Like it's going to be less about graphics going to be way about vibe in the way that they kind of bring that stuff together in a way that feels different and feels good. Um, also we got a chance to see one of our first uh, uh, glimpses at a black character within the game. Who's going to play a God. I forgot the name of that character. Um, if someone in the chat can tell it, tell it to me, I'll, I'll, I'll share it. But Sony Santa Monica did the best version of dreads I've seen in a game yet. It was the best version of dreads I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, from what I know, she's supposed to be a God. She's supposed to be a giant. Um, so it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be wild to see where this thing goes in terms of. Uh, fidelity and all that kind of stuff. Mr. Okami in the chat says, uh, Kyle, we have to remember just how good God of War was. So it's like, what else can they do? 
uh, at this point. I'm just here to see Atreus and meet his forever bay. <laughs> I like that. Um, I do think this. I think again. I think that that's the that's the point that I'm reaching at. Is is that I don't know what the different thing is yet. Like I think it, I think there is an expectation though. And we can't not not talk about that because I think that's really important. Is and I've said this across a lot of different shows and a lot of different times of like all of these things are about the little details. It's about lighting. It's about, you know, ornament ornamentation and, and being you know, ornamental about the way you kind of showcase all little details around, you know, what's hanging off of um, Kratos and Atreus and what's hanging out in the world. Wow, you know, how much stuff is kind of in the spaces. It's going to be that. But I think the thing that you have, a, you have another expectation for when it comes to a game like this, and I think that it was the thing that made God of War 3 so special was... I still don't even think that God of War, the previous game, and in Ragnarok, well, who knows what Ragnarok is going to bring. I just don't think God of War um, had that, like, riding on the back of a Titan moment. Or maybe I'm mis misremembering things. But I remember that moment very specifically being like, holy shit, this is what you can do on a PlayStation 3? Like, holy crap. Like, that's wild. Um, Chad is saying that the name of the character is Angraboa. So she is a god uh, that we haven't heard a lot about yet. I think the other part of the conversation that was there is about the kind of more classic version of Thor that is not the Chris Hemsworth version of Thor. Homeboy looks like he definitely has been drinking some mead and I love it and I appreciate it. Um, I think those things are in that space. Um, some, some folks in the chat are saying the dragon fight. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's the same kind of, um, I don't know if it's the same kind of, uh, scale and, and grandeur, grandeur that you had within, in that one moment. And that, again, that could just be me. I, you know, I, I have very high standards. Um, so I think, I think all of those things are, are in that, are in that conversation. Uh, Greg also shares the character's name is uh, Angra Boda, Boa. In Norse mythology, she is an interesting role relative to the game that I won't spoil for spoiler sake. Yeah, I, definitely. Um, I'm just excited to see what she winds up doing. I have a feeling like she's either going to be a, a, a help or a hinder character. I don't think that they're going to bring a black character into the game and have them be someone that you fight. I feel like she'll probably be a helper character. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that winds up playing out within the game itself. I think it's going to be pretty wild just to see what else is going to be in the space because my God, like, I think they killed it. Like, I think, I think they did Sony and PlayStation did a ridiculously good job this time around, uh, with everything that we saw for the Sony showcase. I think they did everything that they kind of needed to do. They showcased a lot of really fantastic new games. They showcased some stuff that's coming up. They showcased a bunch of things that were going to be dropping soon and stuff that's kind of far into the future, which gives you a good balance of like where things are going to land. So I give them a solid A plus on, 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 on that whole showcase. I, you know, I had low expectations going in. I'll be honest. Um, still no conversations about PlayStation VR two, which I'm a little bit disappointed by. Um, but they got, I mean, it's also one of those weird things, right? Where it's like PlayStation, we know has bangers on deck. It's just that they are just terrible at messaging those things out. Um, but they, but they made up for it this time around, which I think is actually pretty, pretty sweet. I think they did a good job of changing the conversation in a way where people who were in the Sony camp weren't necessarily, um, like ready. They weren't excited for that kind of stuff. I think now you have a real reason to be excited for what's happening on the Sony side of things. I think you have a profound, like if you're invested in the Sony ecosystem, like now you have games besides Deathloop, Deathloop, um, that, that are in that space that you are going to be like amazingly excited for. So with that said, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and after the break, I'm going to talk a little bit about Deathloop and uh, a little bit about and give our artful artful escape the artful escape review 
Uh, so again, thank you everybody who's here watching on Twitch. Thank you everybody in podcast land for listening. Uh, we'll be right back in about two minutes. Uh, so hold on and we'll be right back after this. Hey, Bricago, Merrick Kay here from Fanbyte. Did you know that Spot on Me is a part of the Fanbyte Podcast Network? We produce a ton of other great shows like Channel F, a podcast where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something. <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> and take your questions about the best jokers. Lavars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Gusion Rebake has a really oh, good... Wait, give, me, sorry. give me that one more time. Gundam Gusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Gusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee you that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause jokeification. What up, what up, everybody in the Spawn, ca- <laughs> spawn Case? Everyone here in the Spawn on Me podcast land. Uh, we are back from our break. If you missed the beginning of our show, you missed a banger. Of course, you missed a lot of conversations about like, the future of Spawn on Me, where we're going to go. Uh, if we're going to go, a lot of the conversations, there are some tips about what you can do to kind of safely protect yourself on Twitch. And also a lot of conversations about the Sony uh, podcast, Sony podcast, Jesus Christmas, the Sony showcase that happened a couple of days ago uh, that turned the world upside down, damn it, in all those good ways. Uh, before we get up out of here, a couple of conversations around the... Deathloop review that's coming out this week and the Artful Escape, which we're going to give a quick review of. Uh, We're going to do all that in what we've been playing. So I got a chance to go through and play the Artful Escape uh, from our friends over at Beethoven and Dinosaur uh, pushed out by our friends from Annapurna Interactive. I have to say, I have like our spawnies are coming up very, very soon. We have that happening towards mid to late December. So our God of oh God of the world, our game of the year uh, discussions are going to be happening then. So please, I'll be putting out more information about the spawnies soon. So make sure you're checking that stuff out. But one of the games that's going to be in consideration for like most beautiful game is going to be the Artful Escape. I had such a blast with this game. I had so much fun with it. It is a not complicated game. I will say that out loud. I think a lot of people have been talking about that part when they've been sharing their reviews. I didn't go into this game thinking this game was going to be complicated. I just wanted something that was going to be pretty and kind of silly and and, and fantastical and be a sight for the eyes and, and delight for the ears kind of thing. And it makes you, you know, you go through this story as this one young man who's kind of in the shadow of his uncle's uh, uh, greatness, who was, a, who was a fantastic musician. And he's kind of trying to find himself um, within the space. And he winds up going into all these magical multiverses and 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 going through this kind of like not coming of age story but like a finding of oneself story which you meet all these (laughs) really cool characters um and 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 you talk about you know kind of you know making sure that you're your best self or or finding out about yourself in a way that feels uh more personal um and it kind of spoke to me in a lot of different ways but i think what I came away with it from, or what I came away from the game with was, man, I want more games like this. Like, I think games like this need a space to live in a way that we don't necessarily have to have, again, like the mega budget game that comes through and, and makes you spend 40 hours in it. I think I spent maybe 10 hours with this thing, maybe even less than that. Um, and it was delightful. It was so pretty. Like I would put up the, the audio to like, let you hear some of the guitar stuff and how some of that stuff plays, but I really don't even want to spoil that stuff for you. Like I want, 
you to go into this game with your eyes and heart wide open. Like, I think this is one of those things where if you go into it without expectations um, and just kind of like let it kind of just soak into it, it is so dope. Like, I'm not going to say that you should be, you know, potentially, you know, using some medicinal, uh, you know, some medicinal help to, to get you across the, 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 the board and how that might enhance your, your playtime with this thing. I would never say that unless I had a weed company, but I would say it was also a great experience to be able to have all those kinds of things on hand and be able to do that while playing the game and doing all <laughs> being a part of the artful escape. I loved it. It's just such a fun and chill title. It is so gorgeous. I think from the gameplay loop though, it's basically Simon. If you remember the old game where you basically match the colors and sounds on that big controller, it basically is a game of Simon that is placed within this beautiful, fantastical world. That's what this game is. It's nothing more than that. Uh, it is matching colors, matching the sound, doing that while having conversations with 10 foot monsters and aliens in these worlds that are just technicolored and gorgeous. That's what this game winds up being. It doesn't need to be deep. I'm not trying to get into some like deep philosophical, philosophical, that's not even a word, <laughs> philosophical jump into what this means for, you know, games and what this means for, you know, the indie space and all this kind of stuff. It is just a silly, fun ride with really fun writing, smart, it, like, ridiculously pretty animations and gorgeousness and visuals. And I love the way they play with foreground and background. I love the way that they've made all the music sound really good. It ne you never hit a sour note unless you're messing up in one of the Simon kind of uh, uh, game spot, not game spot, game, game places where you're kind of playing the game itself. Um, it is, it is just delightful. Like I I'm so happy that I got a chance to play it had a chance to play it a little bit early, which was even better because uh, you weren't able to get anything spoiled for you because there are some cool spoilers in it. And to be, to, to be fair, the joint had Lena Headley in it from God of War, not God of War, uh, from Game of Thrones and had Carl Weathers in it. The game has Carl Weathers in it as a character, which is automatically a win for me uh, when it comes to, you know, what this game can be, uh, what it is and, and where it kind of lands in the, in the eco space. So I'm just like, I, I would tell everybody to go check it out. It should be, I think it's on Game Pass. You have no excuses not to play it. It is pretty damn dope. I had a blast with it. Um, and, I, and I just love the vibe that it had, that it kind of came with and, and, and kind of shared over the time that I had a chance to play it. So I would say definitely go check that thing out uh, and, and, and give it give it some time and give it some space to be able to, to, to rock with it. So I would say, do that for sure. Um, before we get up out of here, uh, I wanted to share um, that our Deathloop video, Deathloop review is going out next week. I think it's going out on Monday, I think is when the embargo lifts. Um, so I got to see what time that happens. But my review has been in the can for about a week of some change. Um, I will say ahead of time. So you'll see you'll hear this now uh here but and, and I, I don't know if we're going to add this in and like re-edit the video i just kind of don't want to because uh, i like the way that the edit of the, the the main review went there is a multiplayer aspect to the game i'm sure you saw that in the preview that we talked about so please go check that out on youtube um but during the review process a lot of the conversation from pr and from bethesda was that we weren't supposed to touch the multiplayer parts of the game um, because there were just not a lot of people who had it. They didn't want people to, to see some of the rewards that went along with that. So I understand what, what I didn't want. And any of that stuff leaked out into the world a little bit later, uh, cause it did like a preview. And then they said, all right, now you can review the game at the point that they said that you could review the game. I'd already reviewed it. I'd already made my video. I'd already done that. So I put it in a can getting ready for launch on Monday. Um, so I did not, you will not see me talk about the multiplayer stuff within the game. And I have not tried it yet um, in terms of the multiplayer aspect of it. So I'll talk about it on an upcoming show about how that feels. I actually think the multiplayer stuff is pretty, is going to be pretty cool. Um, it's going to bring a really interesting space to what that game can be. 
but in my review, I will not be talking about multiplayer. Uh, so expect that information to come a little bit later um, down the line once the game is either, once the game is out, I'll try to be invading people and playing and, and doing that stuff to see what it feels like. Um, so that's just a thing to remember there. So I have to also give them love because they sent over this really dope Deathloop package, uh, which came through with some really fun stuff in it. So again, shout out to, the, uh, to Bethesda and the folks over at Sony for that. And um, uh, let's see. Uh, one quick question before we get up out of here from chat. Dark Knight says, do you think too, that too much is being shown of Deathloop prior to launch? No. Um, I would say no, because people really don't understand what that gameplay loop is uh, until they get a chance to check it out. Um, and that's for, and that's good. Like, I think I think the 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 tr if there was anything I would say about what they have shown. The trailer that was shown during the Sony showcase this past week was the coolest version of the gameplay loop that you can see within Deathloop. So go back and look at that trailer. That is the kind of like optimal coolest way you can tackle some of that stuff. It's going to be fun to see the, the folks who make videos out in the world who are like the savants who, who make those kind of meme videos together and, and, like you know, I forgot who it is who who does it, but like the person who does all like Lord, uh, Last of Us uh, videos and like the Destiny ones, where there's like all the slow motion camera shots that are tracking and spinning around the character, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be cool to see when they get a chance to to jump in and play around in the world and get the the, the cool weapons and stuff like that. How those things are going to look, but I think that Sony video was the best looking most interesting version of the like most optimal, like sexy way to play Deathloop. Um, and it, I, w I looked at that, I was like, oh man, I was like, man, I, I should have played more like that if I could have had the forethought to do some of that stuff. So remember that video in the back of your mind, because uh, Deathloop was coming out pretty soon and I think it's gonna be a thing that people really enjoy and, and, and really dig for sure. So um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other stuff that we needed to talk about for this episode. And to be fair, I don't really know if there is anything left besides, uh, I just started playing some NBA 2K 22. Uh, I'm waiting for the face scan app to come out so I can put in the oldest version of Khalif into the game at this, at this point. Um, I think, I think that's going to be super cool. I'm loving what I'm playing so far. Like it is a much better game than it was last year. Um, and it just feels fantastic on both uh, PlayStation and on Xbox. It feels good on both platforms um, in a way that I did not expect. I do think the stuff that they're doing with the city is still a little bit off. Um, and that's the kind of online career mode stuff. It still feels like it's too much for the sake of too much. And it still feels like it is definitely the advertiser's playground as opposed to a place for you to occupy and do stuff. Um, and I'm not mad at it. It just, it just seems like a missed opportunity to do some things that they, that they could have done in ways that they, that they should. And they just didn't, I will say though, that in my first couple of hours of playing the career mode, the banter between your, my career character and, you know, like every, my career has like a mentor character is like you, you're like, you're the upstart basketball player who doesn't know how to tie his shoes or make food for himself here's the person that's going to help you learn how to make some eggs. And then you have that person who's like, Hey, MP, Hey, Ka, I'm going to teach you how to make some eggs. Here's eggs. And you're like eggs. I'm like, Oh shit, eggs. And then that's what winds up happening in the, in the thing. And then you do that for about 40 hours and you play basketball in between. <laughs> it's a little bit of that, but it's much better written. It is so much better written than it was the last couple of years. It is actually really well done. To, to be really honest, it's like actually really good. The like banter between your character and your mentor character in this game. Um, and that is a really cool surprise. It like makes me want to see how this, how this character uh, um, career thing kind of moves forward. I will say again, and I'll say this forever because I don't think that this is the thing that 2K cares about is they just need to make all that stuff shorter. I, I, I think the like path to the NBA story is fun. It needs to be more concise. It needs to be 
closer and smaller and more compact. Like, I don't care if you fast forward me through the whole process of me going through college or the G League and all that kind of stuff to get to the NBA. But I think all the other layers of stuff that go along with that, all of those things are in service of you getting your character into a high level for the career mode, but really for the park. So it's like, give me more stuff that gets me faster levels in the park. And I think the way they've done it this year is with quests and stuff. But some of the quests, like, no one's going to go play the side park of the Mountain Dew Park or, like, the Mountain Dew Court. No one's going to go play 50 games on the Adidas Court for no reason when it's, like, off in a corner somewhere behind a big building. Like, no one's going to do that. Like, for instance, there was a, there's a thing where you can get a fairly a good amount of XP on this one court that's like the Mountain Dew court, right? So you go talk to um, Jason Tatum or no, you go to talk to Zach Levine from the Bulls. He's like, hey, man, I'm Zach Levine. What's up, man? I'm like, yo, what's up, man? I'm MP because that's your name is MP. Yo, my name is MP. Yo, you Zach Levine. Yo, I'm Zach Levine. Yo, you want to play 50 games on this court? Yo, you should play 50 games on this court for like some XP. And I'm like, no one's going to come over to this court and play 50 games. If you didn't make them do it. And also... That's kind of not the way people play. Like it's there's small things that they should do to incentivize you going to those spaces. And again, it's really early. It's day day one for most people. I've had it for a day or two. But like you should get points for everything and some of the stuff you just don't. So like in that instance, you have to play five games on that court, right? To get XP. That doesn't sound like a lot of games, but if you're playing five games of 21, that's a good chunk of time. Um, and then also, um, like it doesn't incentivize people to do it in a way that feels fun. So what you can do is you can play like two, like two or three people on that court. Um, and they have fun mini games in it. So like you can play horse in it, you can play around the world in it. You can play other stuff like that that are infinitely more fun and more interesting to do, but you don't get any credit towards your goal playing those things. You only really get credit if you play like uh, a 1v1 kind of match, which is boring. So I wind up basically like getting on mic and being like, yo, just dunk on me until you get the points and then we'll finish. We'll do that five times and then we'll get the XP and dip out. That's not fun. That's like an easy way to circumvent the grinding parts of it. So I would say... If there are folks from 2K who listen to the show or who pay attention to what, you know, anything I say online, you know, clip this part out for them if you want. Like, you got to figure out ways to incentivize everything so that people can use the fun things that are in those spaces to actually play in those cool layers of of, of, of the gameplay. Because I think that me playing horse with somebody and playing around the world was way more fun than me playing a full 1v1 game. It just wind up being that way. Anywho, um, we're going to get up out of here for this episode of Spawn on Me again. Uh, we'll be back on our normal show Wednesday uh, Wednesday night of next week. Uh, been thinking about who to bring on the show because we haven't had any, any guests in a minute. Uh, so I'm thinking about who to bring on the show and coming and hanging out because it would be fun to have some more guests on. It's been a second or two before we since we've done that. Um, so expect that to be a thing. Uh, again, remember to be checking us out at Cod, not at Codrican, at Khalif Adams on Twitter, at Spawn on Me on Twitter, uh, at Spawn on Me on TikTok. We're gonna start putting up more of these on TikTok as well, um, and doing and doing some work over there. And our IG is also Spawn on Me Podcast uh, is on Instagram. So check out our accounts over there. Uh, uh, MJA says, "What time Wednesday night? Usually 6 p.m. Pacific time, since you're over in uh, across the pond." Uh, so that it may be a little bit too late or early, uh, depending upon that time. Uh, but yeah, 6 p.m. PST Pacific time is when we usually record the show live at twitch.tv slash Spawnomy. And again, please start heading over and checking out our YouTube content, youtube.com slash Spawnomy. Start pulling that into your content creation, content, uh, 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 you know, uh, content spaces. You know, the places that you're looking at content, the stuff that you're consuming, start hitting the notification bell, hit that subscribe button. Uh, I think we're almost a little bit over 4,000 uh, subscribers over there. I've never had a goal yet to be like, yo, let's make a goal to have like a certain amount of subscribers. 
I actually really am thinking about like, hey, I want to get a, a bronze play button. I think it, you have to get 100,000 subscribers over on YouTube. For the first time in a long time, I'm like, I think that might be an attainable goal. I don't think that that's like out of reach in a real way. And, but that's all going to be based on all of you here in Bricago and sharing the good word and sharing out the links and sharing out all the subscriber buttons and doing all that kind of stuff. So I would say, please, please, please do that for sure. Uh, until then, uh, we'll see you all very, very soon. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Please stay safe. Wash your hands, wash your butt. Make sure you're taking everything that you need to take. Make sure that you got uh, have gotten vaccinated. Make sure you're telling people to go get vaccinated um, and all that good stuff. Uh, much love to you all. We'll see you very, very soon. Hope you're all doing well. See y'all soon. Peace. <laughs>